How's it going, everybody? This is Dailies to Downloads. This is a show about movies. My name is Chad. With me is Eric. And last week, we reviewed the movie Old from M. Night Shyamalan. We were split on that movie, but actually pretty close, you know, but maybe just a little bit, you know, a little bit off. But uh, this week, the port is unbreakable. That's sorry. <laughs> all, the so- all the signs, Eric, point to us doing a whole show about Look, we may be talking about one filmmaker, but it takes the village to really get a movie off the ground. <laughs> That's it. It's very, very true. Um, so, yes, that is what we are going to be discussing this week. Uh, the career of M. Night Shyamalan, as I said in our previous episode, he has directed 14 movies, uh, but he has had a pretty long career overall. So he was, we'll just go over his a little bit about him here first. He was born Manoj Neliatu Shyamalan, uh, and he was born August 6, 1970. He was born in India, but he was raised in uh, Penn Valley, Pennsylvania. His, uh, his movies have grossed over $3 billion uh, to date. And so he ended up going to the New York University Tisch School of, of the Arts in Manhattan. He graduated in 92, and it was there that he adopted the Knight part as his second name, thus dubbing him M. Knight Shyamalan. Um, he wanted to be a filmmaker from childhood, and I guess directed, uh, rather directed, made a whole bunch of home movies with a Super 8 camera that he was given. His parents wanted him to be a doctor, but he wanted to pursue film work so that is basically what brought him to becoming a director his first film was semi-autobiographical called praying with anger he made that while he was still a student and uh, used the money uh, that he got borrowing from family and friends he then directed a movie called wide awake which uh, dealt with uh, a 10 year old catholic schoolboy who you know, was dealing with the death of his grandfather and searches for God. Um, that movie had Dennis Leary, Rosie O'Donnell, Julia Stiles in it. Most people probably haven't seen it. Uh, I know I haven't. Eric, have you seen Wide Awake? I have, I have not. But I have seen uh, something about Praying with Anger, too, is that he's also the lead of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, as we spoke about last one, his acting in different, all of his movies. Uh, but right. now he is, that he is the central character. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, some things that people might not know about him is that he co-wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little. And in 2013, it was revealed that he was uh, a ghostwriter on the 1999 film, She's All That. Yeah. Did you know that, Eric? I didn't know that, no. Uh, I, I guess- I know, he... you're gonna go rewatch it now. Well, Look at those makes, twists. It, it makes sense because remember, the, yeah, the twist is that they're actually uh they're high school dropouts and they uh the twist is that they're portraying high school students but they're actually in their mid-30s yeah exactly exactly that's that's perfect <laughs> uh but yeah so other than doing a, some some script work uh he obviously gained his recognition when he wrote and directed the 1999 film the sixth sense which became the second highest grossing horror movie of all time um, he is. He was. Be, he became a name after that movie, and so obviously after that he would continue to direct many movies, which we will discuss as we go along here. Uh, but Eric was the first movie that you had heard of him from, The Sixth Sense, much like myself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't. I. I can't recall that. It, it would have been, I guess, that summer of 1999. Um, yeah, and I feel like everyone. It's cool now thinking back, like that, and I think Blair Witch were like the same summer, and I felt like those were the two things that everyone was really talking about in a way that you probably is, you know different now nowadays. I don't know if it's yeah, the same way. And you know, I remember seeing the Sixth Sense, and I don't think I was lured to see it based on people telling me, "Oh man, there's this huge twist." I, I saw it in theaters uh, with a friend, and you know, when it when the te- when the twist was revealed, uh, you know, we both looked at each other, kind of like, you know. It was a big, it was, that was a big moment in movies um, where you really do start to look at the director, the writer, 
uh, as opposed to, or maybe in addition to some of the stars of the movie. But, uh, but yeah, that movie was very creepy and the twist just came way out of left field. Uh, I don't know of anybody who was like, ah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And, and also just like the fact that it was, had a lot, a lot of staying power and it, it was in theaters for like months and right, it was like number true. one for like a very very long time too and it, so you would think that that time is over <laughs> yeah yeah that that time is definitely over and you would think that yeah the whole twist aspect once that is quote-unquote ruined for somebody uh but but no i mean it, it continued on with with such a strong life for a while right and um so the twist would become his calling card, which was obviously a double-edged sword for him. Um, he would follow up The Sixth Sense with Unbreakable, which also starred Bruce Willis. And that movie was, was pretty well received. And in then 2002, he would bring us Signs. And then in 2004, you would have The Village. The Village was his last movie that he made with Buena Vista Pictures. And you tell me if I'm wrong, Eric, but I would say The Village is where people started to lose a little faith in him. Now, I would hardly say that's his worst movie. Um, yeah. I thought the twist of The Village was okay. It's actually the movie that preceded it that I don't remember anything of. Like, <laughs> I just don't. I remember the twist of it, but I just the characters and like the bulk of the of the screenplay i just don't remember a lot about it um but i would say that was that movie to this day i hear polarizing opinions of like I'll, I'll somebody be like oh yeah that was good and other people be like oh that was the worst thing i've ever seen in my life it's uh uh for the village i, I actually really like the village uh from like i don't think it's and I, now i've seen that like there's um there's some children's a young adult novel that's pretty much the same plot essentially but but regardless of all that kind of stuff like i don't know I, I think that the twist stuff works pretty well um and i also think they're like enough what i what i do like about m night Shyamalan as a director too away from the whole twist thing is that i do think there are some like individual scene sequences that are really really striking and really really strong in all of his movies regardless of the plot that it's being encompassed by absolutely um, and there are scenes in the village and it's a beautiful uh score by i think james horner i want to say um and there's like a kind of like a classical given the time period his scores are always the scores that he has in his movies are always pretty solid yeah and they definitely in in the movie looks lovely and the colors of red and that movie with the the hoods that the we think of the creatures are wearing and yada yada right. yada and i think sometimes people harp too much on now this is partly due to him and him becoming known as like the twist guy whereas i felt sometimes they were harping too much on that part and that right. and that's why i think then he started feeling these expectations to almost like deliver on that and um right because by that time and when I, when i said that i think this was the moment where people started to lose a little bit of faith in him i think it was because of the fact that by this point, people were looking for that twist. Yeah, yeah. And they went into the movies, not necessarily paying attention to everything going on, but trying to predict or look at what the surprise and the twist might be. And when not every twist is on the level of shock factor that The Sixth Sense delivered, yeah. then people might consider that a disappointment. I didn't, you know, I, I thought that The Village was was okay. Um, is it my favorite of his movies? No, but I I, I didn't mind the twist. There are other people that felt differently, um, yeah. that, that didn't like it, but... Uh, it's got, it's got, he's also like, uh, in our opinion, probably like old notwithstanding, perhaps like he is usually very, very good with actors usually uh, and i think the village is a really strong william hurt is excellent i thought in it um yeah. rice dallas howard um adrian brody thing has not aged well it didn't age well at the time either but he's uh you know uh joaquin phoenix uh he's used in signs in the village like you know i think that's one of the stronger ensembles um uh francis conroy maybe uh, yeah, but like, yeah, I think that's one of the, the better examples. Of that's true. And that. people a lot of times don't talk about that. They only really pay attention to his, his stories or his scripts and like kind of, I, I would say, you know, maybe it's 
you know, you know, on purpose or, you know, maybe he deserves it, maybe he doesn't, is that people maybe overanalyze some of his scripts. Um, but he does work well with actors, I would say that. Like, I'm, you know, uh, his most recent movie, Old, you know, the, that movie had some acting that was a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, you know, I would say he does pretty well with actors. Now, we're going to point out some examples where he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I would say he, he does. He definitely right. got yeah, some of the, it's definitely uh, one of the best, I think, like one of the best Mel Gibson performances, one of the best, you know, Bruce Willis performances. Like, you know, at least in the early years, it was a strong streak of definitely best Bryce Dallas Howard performance. I mean, not, I, not, I would argue, or, apart from Die Hard, maybe, that I, I, I don't think there's anybody that knows how to use Bruce Willis better. I yeah. really don't. Because, yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis is not a super strong actor in terms of range. Like, he just yeah. isn't. But, he, you know, Shyamalan knew how to, you know, make his acting very subdued and kind of scaled back and, you know, kind of focus on the strengths, not as much on the weaknesses, um, which worked in Unbreakable and in The Sixth Sense. And uh, Yeah, I, I mean, The Sixth Sense, I feel like it has one of the best child performances ever you say right, right? Like, yeah I mean, tony Classic. Oh, absolutely um so eric what is your least favorite of his movies uh for me it would be the happening um i, I haven't seen it in a, in a long time which i guess proves that it's my least favorite but uh right. i do remember even at the time and again I'm realizing it's a little hypocritical as I say it because it's hard sometimes to divorce yourself from the marketing of the movie at the time. Uh, right. So like the happening was also billed as like his first rated R movie and blah, blah, blah. That, I forgot as, about that, you're right. Yeah, as if anyone would really say, you know what an M. Night Shyamalan movie needs more of gore. Like, I feel like he's like- <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, and, and at the time that one felt where the big shift happened in terms of um, acting styles and in that in that you know everyone much like old i feel like is doing something very very different uh as actors um and it became much more uh i don't know if the, sincere is 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 the right word to to a point where i think that does elicit laughs uh at times and and then yeah i mean you get the the classic i don't know if it's a classic meme but like mark Wahlberg literally does talk to plants um, right. he's got like a whole scene he's talking to a plant um, and he's not the best actor in the scene I mean it's a, it's a pretty good plant that's a weird cast like that that's just a weird cast you have Zoe Deschanel John Leguizamo Mark Wahlberg none of those people like all those people have their strengths you know and they have their play like but none of those people are super strong actors and to put those three in a thriller is 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 a is a really big risk and not mentioning the fact that the screenplay was was not very good at all and i i don't know i i, I that yeah. that movie i i yeah is is terrible i i wonder though like by this time we had talked about back when we did the 411 podcast whether or not he had he being uh Shyamalan had a person that would tell him when an idea was good or bad who would tell him hey cut this part out or leave this part in like it felt like everybody around him just kind of followed his lead and agreed with everything that he said and been like oh you're the best you're this you're that and I wonder if it was like partly succumbing to his own hype but at the same time feeling pressure to be this kind of thriller genius in the vein of Hitchcock and you know we you mentioned in the you know before about you know, all the, the hype and Hitchcock comparisons. And certainly early on, that's what everybody was saying. And, you know, in addition to the twist part of it, that's, that's a tough act to follow. And when you then believe it yourself, which I don't know the man personally, but you would have to say that that was an issue at some point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that there, to me, it was also shifted. Now people have gone back a little bit to the happening and, and like, once you see it like I guess how we now assess old where it's like more of like a morality play like a like a Twilight Zone episode you know where, where things maybe are a little bit more 
blunt. Uh, right. What's happening is very uh, uh, eco uh, horror, <laughs> you know? Uh, uh, What's funny is that Wikipedia describes it as a B movie, which I find oh, very bizarre. Like, in respect. I mean, at the time, I realize, realize yeah. B movies, the definition of a B movie is not the same as it once was. But, you know, if when somebody says something like that or they like oh it's a b movie are they just trying to say they like it despite the critical failure i, I don't know i mean <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i do think that like expect my expectations if i were to see it again my expectations would be drastically different obviously because would you see it again uh <laughs> i'd as try a, to put you on the spot as a b movie i'd have to see an a movie first and then the drive-in you know yeah you, you, you know you drink a little bit and you smoke a little bit then you say okay we'll watch this and it's also I'll give it props like 90 minutes which you know which, which i appreciate i'll, I'll do that it, we'll, we'll get drunk and we'll watch the happening yeah i think actually that could be pretty fun to be honest with you i mean well, yeah I, I, mean, think, I think i can think of worse movies to watch while you're drunk yeah absolutely um so yeah i, I think on that I, watching them at the time as they were coming out chrono chronolo chronologically um this felt like a pretty uh big drop off but yeah uh, i know we we jumped over one where there was a also a different kind of transition the lady in the water um yeah. yeah so you know i will say this about his movies his movies were always pretty much i would say there's one period where that wasn't the case but like pretty much always events like you know the fact that he was able to early on have a deliver a movie that put him on the map right yeah. away and then every movie that followed, people were like, oh, he has a new movie coming out. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of another example, r recent or of, of a director who, who still has that kind of market value of a name brand. I mean, uh, there's older directors that certainly have it. Tarantino is crazy. I mean, but like, yeah. like post Shyamalan, you know, it's, there's it's, not many. I can't. I can't think of very many yeah. either. I mean, just in general, like even. I mean, the horror genre. I feel like it's good, good luck. I don't think Ari Aster is a name. Not name, yet. Name, you know, or not yet. Yeah. Um, it, it would be very difficult to see. You know, I remember back in the day, the joke was like, you'd see a trailer for a movie that looks really cool, and then it would say written and directed by M Night Shyamalan, and people would groan. Yeah. Um, I was at, I was at the theater many a times where those reactions were heard. Really? Okay, I was gonna say it might be an urban legend, but no, no, yeah, that that uh, happened many times. Like there would be a movie trailer that started, and they would, you know, he was never one to shy away from his name being there. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would always be pretty prominently displayed, and then people would react. Um, it went from being a selling point to a detraction in in around this time period. Right, but yet at the same time, and you're right. But at the same time, no less seeable. Like people still wanted to see his movies, and most of them were box office successes. You know, despite the fact that a lot of them, even The Happening, was a box office success, mm -hmm. even though it was very terrible. Um, but dwindling at that point, right? I feel like you said, like the. I feel like The Village is like the one where I think it does. Yeah. Well. Long burn some audience bridges where it seems like his um, did not really yeah his most i mean his least successful film you know from a financial point of view would be um lady in the water yeah uh which had a budget of 70 million and came at the box office for 73 you know so it was just you know kind of breaking even there i, I guess um but uh, most of his movies made money. And you, so your least favorite is The Happening. That would probably be a close second for me. Um, but one that I aggress like, but there are parts of The Happening that I laughed at, you know. And so like, it wasn't yeah. the most, it, like there was a movie that was less enjoyable to me. And that was After Earth. Um, I have to admit, I haven't seen it. That's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I hated after earth this was you know in the period of will smith's career where he was very much concentrating on his children and this one you know featured his son Jaden, and it, it it just it, it was terrible in every way um and it's one of those movies that you wish that you hadn't seen <laughs> um and it, it was definitely a big career like because 
right before that, that that's where it's, it's why I kind of checked out for a few years because he then seemed like he was a director for hire. Right. Right. With um the last air, the last Airbender. Um, right, I, and you know, yeah. So yeah, I checked out completely, and then I never saw After Earth because they just felt like he was hired to direct these because I think he wanted to get away from being the twist guy. But exactly, no, yes, exactly, and you know, so he co-wrote the screenplay uh, with uh, a different person, and I guess the story came from Will Smith. Um, it, it's a it's a sci-fi movie for those who probably haven't seen it, and there are probably a lot of people who haven't seen it. But uh, it takes place in the 31st century. The Earth has been long abandoned and humans have been in conflict with a mysterious alien race. Um, Will Smith is a high-ranking general in a peacekeeping organization. And his son, after an incident during a space flight, find themselves fighting for survival on a hostile planet, which ends up being Earth itself. That's not a spoiler. That's just what it is. Wow. Um, I love how specific it is. 31st century. Yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, so The Last Airbender is also not good at all. Um, that was <laughs> criticized for many different reasons, uh, you know, using white actors in a film that's supposed to be, you know, mostly Asian, people of Asian descent. Um, I think that one was, at that point, probably intended to be the start of a franchise as... Uh, it was a Nickelodeon yeah avatar the last airbender uh it was a very popular show so i think that was the plan there but it's just it's just stupid and you know if i was ranking all of his movies you know i would say you know the sixth sense up until signs like i liked all those movies fairly equally um but then you know the village i was i still liked it but it was Lady in the Water where I really started to be like, okay, like this guy is this, there's some issues here because as you're watching Lady in the Water, part of you is like soaked into the story for a little bit, at least me. Like that's I was a good soaked, one too. Soaked water. That's a good one. Too. I was, I was absorbed okay. in the story. You were drowning in the plot details. That's right. And then there was a point where I'm like, this is really dumb. Like, like there's part where it just hit, it hits you. At least that's the way it was with me. I was just like, okay, this is really stupid. Like, this is just all really stupid. Yeah. And, and for me also, like, looking back now, that feels like a transition movie in a sense. Like, I don't dislike it as much as The Happening, but right. I think it's definitely a step down from The Village. And that's also where I feel like he's kind of... Because I think that one was sold as, like, a, a story, a, a bedtime story he would tell his children. Um, yeah, and, and so it was not going to be. I feel like they were really trying to say, like, this is not horror, really. Don't come in and expect they horror. were, they were uh, definitely trying to market that one as a movie that was not of his norm. Like, it, they were, they were not trying to convince you that there was some big twist there. But I feel like even though they tried to do that, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think the movie, it, and maybe this is one I would also. I, I will give him this. I would like to actually revisit some of these movies because um, again, this is another one I have not seen in a very long time. Um, but I, I, I think that there, I, uh, Paul Giamatti, I think is really, really good. Uh, he does another good performance. Uh, and there are also some really bad performances in that movie, but I think he's pretty, a, a solid anchor to that. Um, but I think this is also the transition where he starts getting blunter with the writing and right. the symbols of, I mean, he, and I and now kind of give him credit for this because I fell into the trap at the time. Like he casts himself as the writer who can change the world in the movie, yeah. um, which I, I mean, I mean, is there a bigger humble brag than? <laughs> yeah. I mean, now I applaud that at the time. I you know I fell into the <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Bob Balaban plays a critic, um, which means he's a terrible human. Um, even as he's about to be eaten alive, he's criticizing the plot details. Um, and it, you know, again, now if I went back, maybe I'd say this is, you know, it is meta, obviously, but that wasn't really hitting as wise or smart at the time. Maybe it still wouldn't be. Again, this is a blunter, in-your-face style of writing that he. Right. Now we, I feel like I know him more for now. Post. Right. It, well, that one would be another one that would be interesting to re to revisit. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, you know, at this time, though, I think people were just kind of getting tired of maybe the fact that he wasn't delivering what they wanted him to deliver. 
the fact that he would appear in all of these movies, that maybe his movies were a little bit too braggadocious at times, you know, in terms of, you know, what he could deliver as a, as a filmmaker. Maybe he didn't check himself, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, it's still, it's still, I think that one was shot by Christopher Doyle in you know, one car wise, like, so there's still like elements and images that stick in my mind. Right. Uh, her in the tub, right? As, yeah, as, yeah. At the pool, outside in the rain, and those narfs, or whatever the hell they're called, things. You mean smurfs? Smurfs. The smurfs show up. That was a twist. The smurfs show up. <laughs> uh, you know, so there's there's some cool stuff there. Um, and also just thinking of his movies, like, he actually has a lot of, like, cool, like, theater actors, like, right, in supporting roles in cool ways. That, yeah. um, uh, And that one's Bill Irwin... He used a lot of good people in Lady in the Water. It just wasn't Jeffrey Wright. It wasn't necessarily their fault. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think like Cherry Jones and yeah, a whole a whole, a whole bunch of people. In uh, 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 Kathleen Chavant in the in old, she's the the old mom. Oh right, yeah, grandma, if you will. Um, That's the thing. People wanted to and probably still do to an extent wanted to work with him um, because they they saw what types of movies that he could deliver and uh, the type of performances that he could elicit from some of his actors. Uh, Lady in the Water, though, was he was kind of jumped around studio wise after the uh, with, with the start of this one. Lady in the Water was Warner Brothers. Then The Happening was 20th Century Fox. Then The Last Airbender was Paramount. Then After Earth was Sony. And to date, he has been with Universal. So his last four movies have been all with universals it does feel like he's kind of settling into uh i hate to say groove because that makes it sound like the movies are better than what they are maybe but um i do though think that he's settling into a comfortable spot in his career where maybe the pressure is off a little bit i still think though the twist thing has not completely left him i don't know that it ever will unless he delivers another movie that is like mind-blowingly great but i don't know that the twist thing is ever going to completely rub you know be erased completely what do you think uh not i mean not if he not if he doesn't wanted to i mean there, yeah this old was i think almost like completely it was distributed by universal i think almost like completely like self-financed too like mm. so i do think that like he has enough money to also do these and they're considerably smaller old feels smaller as a movie com in comparison to the first few of his i'd say yeah but budget wise it, it you know it, it doesn't feel like a uh a super um you know ostentatious hollywood production uh, you know i would say you know like lady in the water did you know <laughs> like, yeah yeah absolutely like that yeah. one felt like it you mentioned like all the different names of people that are in it and like just with the effects and like the rain and like it's just you know that was very much a Hollywood production, but yeah. uh, whereas yeah. they, they and not necessarily always to a detriment. Like one I actually thought, which I did like, which I felt I don't know what's called a comeback, but like um, uh, the visit, the visit, right? The visitor, the visit, um, visit, yeah. Um, which I, which I thought was a good like back to basics kind of uh, thing, uh, if you will. And I think I that think was also that was the point with that one too. Yeah, kind of, yeah, exactly, exactly. And putting, I think he was like putting off some of his own money, um, because yeah, he had earned some. There was a book called um, "The Man Who Heard Voices," which was about his struggle to get. He wanted to do "Lady in the Water" at um, Buena Vista, and they turned it down. And there was a whole. Right. So he went to Warner Brothers, and that was supposed to be a big get for Warner Brothers. And uh, obviously, that never. That was the last project he made with Warner Brothers. Um, but yeah, so so I, I do think when he actually like has some adversity and has to like um, whittle down, I guess, um, make things a little bit smaller. I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that he's successful there either, but but at least that it makes it somewhat more interesting. And uh, so we we haven't mentioned uh, the movie called Devil, um, which he didn't direct. Yeah. But um, it did come from him uh, from a story point of view and he was the producer on it. And I don't know if you remember this, Eric, but yeah, it's supposed to be the start of like these kind of 
smaller production films where he would hire these you know up and coming directors and they would make these little little horror movies little thriller movies and they would all yeah. come from his you know production company and um, to the general public they thought it was like an m9 Shyamalan movie like it exactly. was like night Shyamalan presents but like yeah. that was Everybody, the thing on the poster and trailer and everything nobody can tell you who directed <laughs> that movie it, who was it? it was it was promoted like it was an m night Shyamalan yeah. movie um and the problem is it is really really bad um but you know in case anybody wanted to know it's john eric dowdle and yes i had to click on the link to the movie to remember who that was so <laughs> has, has he has he done has he worked since how, what's he up to oh i'll look him up I'll look. yeah well while eric is looking up john eric dowdle um so yeah, the, he and he also moved to TV for a little bit with the show Wayward Pines that came in 2015. Um, and I guess he's also directed episodes of the show Servant. Yeah, which is is still going on. I guess I, I haven't watched it, but uh, yeah, they just did a second, and that's also because um, I think he wrote and directed that one and um he's his daughter uh is now uh at nyu and she was she's a musician sick. right sorry one of his daughters is a musician i think yes she sings the closing credit song in old yeah um the other he has a bunch of kids but uh he has three, yeah he's three kids yeah you know hollywood kids man they know they, they get their way into the movies uh yeah so his, his filmmaker daughter uh she did second unit directing on old and oh, okay. she she like directed two episodes of the new season of Servant. Oh, interesting. Um, so I guess that's how. Yeah, that it, it's pretty much like M Night Shyamalan. Uh, I don't know if it's a showrunner, but um, right, he's not. Yeah, that's like a his project kind of thing. Um, right. Well, um, so obviously, what we haven't talked about, <laughs> and I think I could guess what Eric's opinion is uh, based on what his comments were off 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 camera, but. Uh, the visit was a little bit of a return to form for him, but the movie that really brought his name back into the uh, the ether, so to speak, was Split, which uh, starred James McAvoy. And I'll be honest, and, I thought James McAvoy and James McAvoy and James McAvoy. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, I, I actually thought Split was was a good movie, but what people remember about it the most is the twist which it was a twist you can you know was it but, a twist maybe, if that felt like i don't know like a post-credits yeah like it doesn't i don't know like if that has anything to do with the i i wish that wasn't in there because no i and i agree with you. i agree with you because i thought the movie that followed it glass was not all that spectacular it wasn't horrible but like yeah. it wasn't what people were hoping for and again that you could probably say that about a lot of his movies um but obviously you know spoiler if you have seen split you know that at the end you see bruce willis's character from unbreakable and then you realize that that's in the same universe as unbreakable which kind of blew people's minds at the time and i didn't i i saw that one digitally i didn't even see it in theaters and i had no i had no idea i had no idea that that was even a thing um, I just knew that people were talking about Split, that it had gotten some positive feedback. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll see it. Because by that time, I had all but signed off <laughs> on on Shyamalan's movies because they uh, were yeah. also terrible at that yeah. point. And, and, and Split, I thought, was actually, like, did have, like, a, I don't know, again, like, as all of his movies do, they all have pretty good premises, right. you know, at least. And, and I think that one as well. And it has a... I don't know if, if it's a very good performance or it's a bad, like the James McAvoy, I go hot or cold on. Like I could also see someone being very offended by it in certain ways. I could, um, uh, it's quite the performance. Let's say it that way. I yeah. Know. I mean, it, it's all, it's definitely a lot of acting, uh, oh, yeah. you know, um, a lot and, of times it, the multiple personality thing is used as a twist and a way to you know 
wrap up a storyline that is unbelievable or ridiculous. And in this case, I like yeah, the fact yeah. that it, they were not trying to hide behind it. It was just it this is what it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. I I still have debates with people about the movie Identity to this day. I hate hate that movie. Hate it as uh, yeah. people would say. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Split was okay, and then everybody was really really looking forward to Glass, which was going to have Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis and James McAvoy and you know, it was going to be the end of uh, a tr trilogy, I guess. Um, and Glass was just kind of mediocre. Um, it, it was what it was. Which I also thought was strange. Like, I don't remember Unbreakable being so beloved. Like, the whole idea when they're like, oh, it's Bruce Willis. And they're going to, I'm like, of that movie? Like, are, <laughs> like, okay. Like, do people remember that there's a guy named Mr. Glass? Like, I don't know. Maybe these are different circles that I'm in, but like, I don't remember Unbreakable being some gigantic hit. That, I, I like, did like Unbreakable a lot. Now, I haven't seen it. I had not seen it since it came out. It just seemed to, of, of all the extended universe properties, of like, this is going to have an extended, like, I don't know. Like, right. when they, that's why I like, I saw her glass, but like, I couldn't get excited about it because it, it just felt. It is interesting. You mentioned the extended universe thing. He's like, he was trying to kind of dip into that a little bit. That, the popularity of all these universes in uh you know in cinema by kind of making a mini version of his own in in a way um yeah i get yeah yeah it's just um yeah i say well, I, I say go all the way with it if you're gonna do that you know have Haley joel osmond yeah, yeah every every single one of his films are all well they i mean they're all outside of old but the character is from the uh, from uh, is Philadelphia based, or, or like a lot of them. Are, a lot of them are set in in the PA area. Yeah. yeah. So so I mean, Philly is its own extended universe, in my opinion. You know, uh, <laughs> go down Walnuts. Whole different group of people. Um, but yeah. Oh, you you froze there for a second. Oh, that was a that was a Shyamalan twist. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, one of the things I, I just kind of briefly touched on it and you know, I'll get your opinion here is that I, I don't know that too many of his movies lend themselves to being rewatchable um, because, you know, they're, although they're well-made and well-acted as we've discussed, you know, when they have that twist, you know, that twist just isn't the same when you go to watch it again and again and again it's kind of the old adage of like you know you like you in the movie 50 first dates one of the recurring jokes is that the main character drew barrymore plays every day she wakes up and she you know amnesia yeah. she has yeah amnesia she forgets so she re-watches the movie the sixth sense every day and is surprised by the twist every day whereas her brother and her father have seen it every day, literally, so they don't care about it. Um, but I think that his movies do suffer to that, with for the, with that to a certain degree, um, with the exception of a couple. But uh, well, what, what do you think? Do yeah, you think that do you think that his movies are rewatchable despite it, or do you think that the twist is kind of a, a double-edged sword? Um, I think they're. I mean, honestly, I I don't even. Like I won't downplay the twist of like the sixth sense, but I don't think that's the most memorable thing about. I know it's the most popular thing about the movie, but I wouldn't say it's the most memorable thing. But I mean, you know, I think the the kid with the the gun the gunshot wound in the back of his head when he turns around, yeah. you, you know, and um, an actual pretty good uh, Donnie Wahlberg, uh, you know, the it, like <laughs> Tony Tony Collette in the car crying when he's there's a lot of great scenes in it. Yeah, so, so it's kind of like unfortunate that people would just i mean i understand why they associate with the twist obviously but 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 i mean there's a lot more to it than just that like so so drew Barrymore is stupid uh no um but, but yeah so so i don't know and, and also i've never been um i i don't think the twist of any movie needs to necessarily completely zap your enjoyment of that's what so like signs twist-ish but not really i mean uh, there's a lot of water bottles because they're afraid of water like okay if you call that a twist then we're not judging all twists as you know what i mean there's well there's a, you know what you know, you know i would yeah. i would almost say that the twist in that movie is not just 
the water part of it. Um, that Mel Gibson's a good father, but <laughs> I would say that the the fact that you know the 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 connection that's made between the mom who who had died and the fact that the kid had uh, asthma, uh, you know, and that's kind of what saved him in, in a way. I thought that that was just as surprising as the water part of it, but. Yeah. Uh, but that's another one. Like I wouldn't even, if you want to call that a twist, I, you know, like it was definitely clear that he was trying to go away from that. And also that that movie has like people. I remember freaking out so much over the Walking Phoenix watching the news, and you see the the alien guy walk by, which is kind of funny now. But but you know, it, right. it's a big jump scare, or when Mel Gibson puts like a shard of glass underneath the door to see if the alien is in the other room, like right. Well, and and the scene with his wife as she's dying, like pretty good you know um stuff i mean that i wouldn't just associate you know with the ending um well you know and since you mentioned signs i'll just say this now that would probably be my favorite of his movies yeah um, that's the movie that i've seen the most and i i for reasons that you know you you just touched on i don't think that the twist is as big of a deal there yeah. I, I just think it's a good story and i think it's well told and i think that the unexpected parts of the story the surprises what have you are work well within the story i you know i think that they make a lot of sense i think it's one of the best performances mel gibson has ever given and uh i he love like it. it's such a he found not found but like abigail breslin yeah but this is years even before little miss sunshine and yeah true so. yeah i i like the way that the aliens were portrayed in the movie in terms of like what would a aliens coming to earth look like how would it be filmed on the news and how would we react yeah. i thought that it it one of the reasons why the movie is you know scary at times is for that reason because it seems at times anyway pretty realistic yeah. um but that, yeah. that was a great use of rural pennsylvania i feel like yeah. crop circles and fields and one one cop in town uh right you know, um it's funny now thinking back of these films too i also unfortunately this was the era of scary movie franchise and so i also remember the parodies of these which were also uh it was a weird time it was a weird time uh, <laughs> so like it, sometimes like, maybe I, I confused the two unfortunately so what's your favorite of his movies i would say and I don't, I, I don't feel so strongly about any of them. I'll, I'll just say that as a disclaimer. But then I would say, I would say the village. I, I, I really like the village. Um, regardless of twist, I just think it's also like a really interesting movie for the first, you know, even taking the plot, I guess, if you will, out of it, or for what it's building up for the first hour. Like there are, it is very unsettling and just creepy. Um, and I think it uses, yeah, the, the limited location very well and um yeah and I, I think it's his only I'm trying to think now like it's not it you think it's a period piece but it turns out not to be but but uh i think oh, it was, man spoiler eric geez <laughs> i mean some people have said like okay once you find out that it's not uh it is the current present day why are they speaking in like old english stuff and i'm like hey you know look if you're cosplaying you want to go all the way you know you're just you're growing your kids up with and, and that's that's sort of the thing like you know you with his movies you either suspend your disbelief and you buy into it and you're willing to accept it or you're not or there's a point where it just kind of goes over the edge and you know i think the same could be said in maybe a lesser degree about old as well like you know you suspend your disbelief for a little bit but you know some people look at his movies and are very analytical yeah. yeah and i think the village was a turning point because like i think it's almost like he builds in two twists one is you think there are creatures turns out they're not right parents playing dress up which you know when you first come across your parents playing just dress up as a kid it is traumatic uh and, and um the second twist is that it's the present uh, so, so at that point, like it was almost designed to piss off people who were coming in, I think, to like pick apart right. and hate the twist no matter what, right? Because that's what a lot of people were doing. That's a lot. A lot of people were going to these movies at that point. Right. Um, so, but yeah, uh, well, that's interesting. That's interesting. I would not have guessed that uh, as your pick. Yeah. But, uh, 
I, li- I mean, I like signs. And I feel like we should also say that, like, you can't say the sixth sense. Just because I feel like that's almost universally agreed upon. <laughs> it's like being a very, very good movie. That um, right. if you were to take that out, what would what would be your favorite? So I, I go with the pills. But you know, it, it, when my kids are older, that'll be one that I look forward to introducing them to. Uh, it, it'll you, yeah, you gotta let me know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, as you're we're as you're, a long ways away from that with my kids. By the way, I'm trying to get them to watch Ghostbusters, and they're not having it. So yeah, right. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting though as a case study if like they will know about um the because i i knew a lot of movies growing up like based on what happens in them before i even saw them um right so i wonder yeah that'll be a hard one for them to avoid if you mention the sixth sense and they google it boom it's over i mean in that regard um so yeah it'll be you know what that's probably more realistic than what you think like if i ask them when they're like 13 or 14 you know hey do you want to watch the sixth sense what's that dad what's that oh god no, yeah no i'm not interested you know yeah yeah, yeah. this is a kid who sees dead people and the guy's dead nah, no. <laughs> that that will be i i guarantee you that's the first google search result <laughs> you know that bruce wells dead dead detective he's dead that's it. like that'll that's it that'll be the first line on google i swear you know so so that'll be um that yes introduce each of the films to them uh Maybe don't give them the title. Don't tell them beforehand. Or, or... We're going to watch an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It'll be a surprise twist as to which one it is. Exactly. And They're not going to understand what that joke is. but No, no. <laughs> well, they will after the 10th one. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to watch. The only one left will be The Happening, and they'll be like, oh, God. <laughs> well, the last one is Stuart Little, because we honor his writing contribution. Yeah. The last one is Praying with Anger. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go reverse chronological order, I feel like. <laughs> Or, or show them, do you remember, sorry, this is a tangent, but I, I thought about this again recently. When The Village came out, Sci-Fi did a fake documentary about him. Yeah. It was yeah. like uh, the secrets of, I don't know. They tried to make it seem like he was a guy who like actually had like um, supernatural, uh, I don't know, powers, abilities. It, it, it was so freaking ridiculous. But it's got to be on YouTube. Yeah. So but yeah, like there, there was a hoax yeah. with the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, basically, that they're trying to show you that on the set of the Village, that as a child, Shemelon had been dead for a half hour <laughs> while he drowned in a frozen pond in an accident, and then upon being rescued, he had experiences communicating with spirits. <laughs> <laughs> and they interviewed like i remember johnny depp is interviewed and like they're playing it up like it's a real thing uh like you have to be pretty you know daft to, to, to think that is real but but i remember at the time it was like that was a real thing that came out and even that imagine that happening with another filmmaker like yeah there was a whole mystique and aura that, around that and um so you know i should add as one footnote that he has been accused of plagiarism quite a few occasions um none of them have gone anywhere though for yeah, because after the movie's reviews came out they were like not our idea that was not our idea no you take it you take it <laughs> nobody's claiming that he plagiarized you know the <laughs> lady in the water you know uh, they're like no no all you that's all original you could take that you could take that as far as you'd like uh but will you uh I, I have to admit i don't know why but like i will s- still see his movies i i hope that he continues to make movies going forward um because he is still a director that when he makes something you want to check it out you know I, and i don't know that that will ever go away either if the twist thing is still a part of his career i think the also the fact that people are interested in what he delivers whether it's good or bad I think people are still curious as to as to what he will give them. And I, I hope he continues to make movies. Um, I would be interested to see him successfully branch out to a different genre. I don't think it's going to happen, though. As I said, he's kind of settled in with the making thrillers now. And hey, if if that's his niche, that's great. And I hope that he can yeah. deliver good ones. So. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um in that regard and, and yeah and, and i think like we said with him being a real name or like market value 
I think at this point he's tied to like writing all of his own stuff. Yeah. Like I used to think, oh, if he worked with a different writer or whatever, but I feel like an M. Night Shyamalan movie is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, right. In, like, like Tarantino, you wouldn't really see direct a movie that he didn't write. Um, things like that. So, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be cool to see what's it. Maybe it's a remake of the Missouri Breaks. Um, who knows? Like, so, Eric, we've waited all this time. Where is John Eric Doddle? And, uh... So he, he directed, so funny enough that he made um, as, uh, so, now I cut that, as above, so below. Oh, okay. The Catacomb, yeah. the Paris uh, Catacomb yeah. zombie movie, pretty bad. That's where he is. He's underneath the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and he had made a movie uh, three years earlier called Quarantine, which you remember that found yep. footage, uh, which was about 13 years ahead of its time, really. Uh, Isn't that the remake of the movie REC? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, yep. it was. Yes, it was. Um, so he's not doing much of anything. So, so yes, <laughs> if you haven't been keeping up with this filmography, you're all the better for it. Um, but yes, it was, it he's was exactly the type of person, though, that would like hear our show and get pissed at what we're saying. So, look again, I, as I'll also always say, I am always willing to give John Eric Dowdle the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> oh, he, he co created the miniseries uh, Waco, which was like three years ago, which I heard was pretty good. Um, which I heard was pretty good. So, and um so you know i mean well mr mr doddle i hope that you continue to make movies as well he has a brother drew Dow dowell and um they we were... don't know how to say your name clearly that's that's <laughs> sorry guys but i you oh. know and i'm excited to see what you do next of course absolutely and uh let us know what you think of uh m night Shyamalan, what your favorite or least favorite movie is check us out on apple podcast and spotify Give us a five-star review. Give us a like on this video if you're watching us. Uh, subscribe to our channel. All the things. Do, you know, all the things to help us help us grow. Um, so for Eric, my name is Chad. Those are our real names. No twists. No, well, yeah, that's true. Could you imagine if this whole time it was like Eric's a nickname? It was like, I'm what, if you, what if you stood up like Bruce Willis and there's actually a gunshot wound? You're dead, really? So it's... <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. Oh, man. Uh. That's a, yeah, I don't know. You spill water on yourself and you die because you're an alien. We're just getting. I I, 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 I kind of want to watch all these movies again. Yeah, I know that's the thing. I've I've left this like thinking to myself. You know, maybe I should give this another chance. <laughs> I was like, I like I'm now I'm thinking of like Mel Gibson. Like there's like a dinner table scene where you get like this big argument. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But like, so they have stayed in my head. And I haven't seen them in a very very long time. So. Right. There's a someday, long from now, I don't know, but uh, you know, maybe I will revisit them. We'll, there'll be there'll be a, a we'll do another installment of our of our segment. You yeah, the next one. Did he direct that? That remember that? Yes, one? yes, yes, yeah. Well, that I don't think you can ever mistake with M Night Shyamalan. I don't think you can ever. It'll, be, get it'll be wide awake. That one with Rosie O'Donnell. Yes, Did yes, he yes, direct yes, that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us.